Good morning, saints. Your faith builder this morning is coming from Philippians, the fourth chapter, verse 8. This is a very familiar verse, but it deals solely with your mind. And it reads, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, Whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report. If there is any virtue and if there is any praiseworthy, meditate on these things. This is what Paul is telling us in this verse. He is telling us that we have got to be so careful about the things that we allow to get into our mind, the things that we think on, because your thoughts will become your actions. Whatever it is that you meditate on and you allow to occupy your mind to a certain extent is going to become your reality. Every murder, every disagreement, every act that hurt somebody, that came against somebody, you know, that was deliberately done to another person was a thought first. See, that is where the enemy gets you. You know, there is a saying that an idle mind is a devil's playground. And that sounds cliche, but that is so, so true. You have to actively occupy your mind with things that is going to constantly push you forward in life. If you dwell on your past, you're not going to get anywhere because you are going to constantly desire to be back in a position where you controlled it. You won't accept God pushing you forward to new territory. You want to remain in this land or where it is that you are comfortable and you'll never never challenge yourself. See, God is always challenging us because he wants us to constantly move forward. We are constantly supposed to be evolving and we are supposed to be um We're supposed to be stepping forward in new territory, constantly taking dominion over new territories. God does not want us stand in a in a place where we are comfortable and where we are familiar with everything. He wants us out of that familiar territory because he wants us to do greater. He wants us to own bigger. He wants us to um to have more. But see, we think in our mind that God is limiting us and God don't want us to have this and God doesn't want us to have that. But that is just a thought that we are allowing to become our reality because this is what we are thinking on. There's nowhere in the Bible where God has said that he limit us. God is constantly trying to push us forward. Now, the enemy will bring thoughts. He will bring ideas to you. You know, if you are dealing in a, uh, if you are in a wilderness season, he will bring ideas to you that God is not, God may not do this for you. That I mean, that's how he'll put it. He won't be like straight up blatant about it. He'll just be very subtle. You know, when he'll say, God may not do this for you. And if you take that thought, and if you don't take that thought captive, 
and you don't combat that thought with with the truth of God's word, then you're going to dwell on that thought. And that thought is going to become your reality. And then you're going to start questioning, well, I don't think God is going to do this. Well, God, are you going to do it? And how I know that you... Um, you are taking his thoughts and you are allowing his thoughts to become your reality because that's how your prayers will begin to, to sound like. You will, you will stop praying the word of God and you will start praying, questioning God. God, will you do this? God, are you going to make a way? God, you see I'm in this wilderness. Are you going to deliver me? See, all of those things, when you begin to pray to God like that, when you begin to petition him with the thoughts that are in your head, shows that you've been meditating on the idleness of the, well, the, the thoughts that the enemy has placed in your mind. And you know, those things, those thoughts where you, where you battle in your mind, whether or not God is going to do something or if you are standing firm on the word and then you start questioning it, you've just, you've just crossed over into, um, you've just crossed over into, um, double-mindedness. And you know, God tells us, he, I mean, he's clear about having a double mind. God said, you are unstable in all of your ways. But he also says in that verse, he said, let not that man think that he's going to get anything from me. See, God is clear about what it is we are supposed to be doing in order to be receptive of the things that he has for us. Now, it is up to us whether or not we know what God is saying. Because when you know what God is saying, when that enemy comes to your mind and he tries to bring something that, that is going to kill still and destroy your dream or your hope, you know, or you standing on the promises of God, you will immediately talk back to him and you will tell him what the word of God says. You don't have to combat the enemy with your opinion of the situation. Just tell him what the word says. And and you don't have to be fancy about it. You just pick up your Bible and you tell the enemy, I got receipts that I know God is going to deliver me, that he's going to make a way, that God is for me and not against me. I got receipts and I got documentation right here. See, the enemy does not like when you quickly go to the word of God and you argue your point not with your opinion but with the word that's how you that right there is how you defeat him because he's not going to come against this word now he will try to come against you with the word and he'll change it or he'll twist one thing or he'll just tweak it a little bit where it's it sounds good but it's in his favor if you don't know the word of God. That's why it's best that you just pick your sword up and you speak straight from this sword. That way he won't throw it back at you with his twist to even to continue to be in his favor. See, we have God told us that that we have to study to show ourselves approved. You know, and he is just simply telling us, know your weapon. Understand your weapon. Know how to go to the verses. Know what to say to him when the enemy comes at you 
with some nilly willy verse, something that it it sounds like God's. It sounds like God's word, but it it is pulling you away from the promise. It's not pushing you towards it. See, Jesus gave us the best example when when he was in the wilderness because Jesus did not he did not argue with Satan wit for wit. Jesus strictly gave him the word. And when Jesus gave him that word and he still came at him, Jesus had to go a little deeper. You know, and, and and he went from Rhema to Logos, you know, and so he was like, look, don't play with me because I know what my daddy has said in this book and, and I'm giving it straight to you, you know, and, and you see Satan even took the word out of context and he gave it to Jesus. He was like, if you are the son of, of God, turn these stones into bread and see that's biblical. What he said is biblical. When he asked Satan to turn, and when he asked Jesus to turn those stones into bread, that was biblical. But see, the underlying thing right there was Satan was trying to see if he could get Jesus to be tempted with how he presented that word. And Jesus came back and he told him, he said, man shall not live by bread alone, but on every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. See, Jesus didn't even combat him with the wit. He combated him with the word. And that is how Satan could not take it. And so Satan had to leave him for a season. But see, when Satan was tempting him, Satan wanted to see who he was. Because see, he really didn't know who Jesus was. Because Satan is a flesh devil. He's not spiritual. He's flesh. And so he wanted Jesus to turn those stones into bread because that was something that he could see. But see, Jesus came back with the word. He came back with the word and Satan was like, okay, I I can't, I I can't do nothing here. And so the Bible says that he left him for a season, you know, and see, that is how you have to combat him. That is why Paul is telling us in this verse, he was like, you stop thinking the things that he's bringing to you. Stop meditating on these negative thoughts. Stop thinking that God is not going to do what God has promised you that he's going to do when it's clearly in this word. He was like, get your mind right. That's that's basically what Paul is telling us. He said, get your mind right. You think on the proper things, you're going to get the things that you are thinking on. If you think negative, guess what? You are going to draw that negativeness to you because that is what you're thinking on. And the things that you think on is going to become your conversation. And through that conversation, it's going to become your reality. That is how it works in this world, no matter how you try to work it. If you try to work it from a negative perspective, guess what? You're going to draw from the negative perspective. But if you work it from the word of God, if you uh, speak what God is speaking, if you decree and declare what God has said is yours, that is what's going to come back to you. So saints, we have got to get our minds right. We have got to stop being so easily pulled away from the word of God. We have got to stop allowing the enemy to keep telling us who our daddy is. We should know him by now. We should understand his character by now. We should know that when we come to him, that he is faithful. 
He is faithful to give us everything that he has promised us in this word. So today I ask you that if you have gotten to the point where you are meditating on the negative things that the enemy has brought to you, might I suggest that you allow your mind to think on things that are true, that are noble, that are just, that are pure, that are lovely, that are of good report and of virtue and praiseworthy. If you don't have anything that will pop into your mind that can combat the negative thought, just begin to praise God. And just begin to thank God for what he has already done. Because the reality is God has already done it, saints. We just got to we just got to learn to come in agreement with what God has already done and stop coming into an agreement with an enemy that's trying to steal from us what our blessing truly is. Saints, I pray that as you go about this day today, that you will be blessed beyond measure, that you will that you will continue to walk with a mind of Christ and that you will take God at what his word of what he has promised you. God is ready, willing, and able to um, do exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or think according to the power that is within you. Let that power that is within you be according to the word of God and not your emotions. And saints, I pray that as you go about this day today, you know that God loves you and I love you too. Be blessed today. Peace.